public anger spills over in Sri Lanka as the Rajapaksa's faced political pushback on the economy. How is India affected by its neighbors' troubles? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. This is episode 57. Now, scenes from Colombo, just outside the president's house, stunned everyone last week. Protesters vented their anger over the economic situation that they blame President Gotabaya and a Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapakse, the brothers that lead the government for those economic troubles. The worry for both Sri Lanka as well as India and, of course, regional and global repercussions is Sri Lanka's economy now headed for a crash. We're going to hear from the Hindus correspondent in Colombo, but first let's just take a look at what sparked that rage. To begin with is food prices. Sri Lanka's food inflation in just month of March actually rose to about 30.2%. That's the jump over the same time of prices a year ago. Just as examples, the price of rice increased 93% since 2019, so over that three-year period. Chicken and things like lentils, dal has gone up at least 55 and 117% respectively since 2019. Then you look at the fuel prices and the fuel shortages. In March, the Ceylon Petroleum Corporation actually quadrupled the cost of petrol and diesel, with petrol going from 77 Sri Lankan rupees to 254 Sri Lankan rupees overnight. An Indian credit line for fuel purchases is set to end at the end of this month, and all diesel supplies may just run out as well. So there's both the prices and the shortages that are leading to electric city cuts and other things. The Sri Lankan rupee also has plunged to become, in fact, as of now, the world's worst performing currency. The central bank devalued it by about 15% in March. And since then, it dropped from where it was from about 200 rupees to 310 rupees to the dollar officially and on the black market to about 400 Sri Lankan rupees to the dollar. With the country's debts mounting past $51 billion at present, about $7 billion are actually due as debt repayments this year, there's a real worry of Sri Lanka making a debt default, which could send the economy into a further free fall. And then there's the problem for Sri Lanka's major wage earners. Things like tourism, things like exports have all been in a downward spiral for some time. Not just because of one reason, but remember there were the ISIS Easter bombings in Sri Lanka. Then the COVID pandemic, of course, has led to a huge impact. And now the shortages, economic strife, political instability as well are just adding to the problem. Remittances from abroad have also dropped by as much as 25% due to the global economic downturn. And many Sri Lankans earn abroad and keep their money abroad as well, adding to the forex crisis. There's also the Ukrainian war to worry about. And in addition, the rising impact of climate change on one of the other big wage earners for Sri Lanka, which is fishing. This has been a big blow to Sri Lanka's poorest. So while these are the immediate reasons for this economic strife and people coming out on the streets, the anger we're seeing, buses being burned, there are broader reasons for the kind of troubles we've seen. To begin with, there is definitely anger targeting the Rajapaksa government. The family control that the Rajapaksas have formed until the entire cabinet was dismissed or resigned over the weekend, there were actually five Rajapaksa family members in the government. Four brothers, President Godabaya, who's also the defense minister, 
Prime Minister Mahinda, Irrigation Minister Chamal, Finance Minister Basil, who had visited India as well, and the Prime Minister's son and the Sports Minister Namal Rajapaksa, all a part of the government. And that didn't just lead to a concentration of power, but the personal ties between the family, sometimes good, sometimes bad, have also guided government decisions and really focused people's anger at this point on the family. The second problem were populist measures like the tax cuts. They were very popular at the time. They were broad personal taxpayers were given a 40% reduction in taxes. VAT taxpayers saw a 70% reduction in taxes. Handouts from the government, freebies as well. All, as I said, popular in the short term, helped the Rajapaksas win elections in 2019 and 2020. But then they became a disaster once other crises hit. Clearly, they, that could not have been foreseen, but that has been the impact over there. Another problem, broader, is poor policy planning. A slew of sudden decisions, most notably the decision to mandate organic farming across the island, ban fertilizer imports overnight. That just brought farming on the island to a stop. And many, of course, subsist on agriculture. There was this abrupt stop, adding now to the food shortages. And all of these have hit just as the pandemic did. So there's been a kind of compounding of all the effects of all the things that happened together. And that means really badly managed deaths and bad luck became even worse luck, if you like. Because about 90% of the new debt accrued in the past two years is actually not new debt. It comes from interest on loans that go back several years. Of course, also to the time that Prime Minister Mahinda was president, although the economy fared better at the time, subsequently in President Sirisena's tenure when more and more debts were taken. Last year, 71% of the Sri Lankan government revenue actually went into paying just the interest accumulated on the debt. And now as they sit down to discuss debt restructuring with the IMF, they've got another problem. Sri Lanka doesn't actually have a finance minister right now. Basil Rajapaksa had resigned. And, the, and his replacement, who was, was appointed this week, actually quit within a day of that. Government for the neighboring country, as well as helping boost Sri Lankan exports with collaborations here in India. Clearly, India's neighborhood remains a troubled one, as events in Sri Lanka and also in Pakistan have shown these troubles can flare into more instability for the entire region just overnight. It is important that the government's neighborhood-first policy that it speaks about be continuously bolstered, but it also must ensure that being stakeholders in each other's success becomes the mantra for a more prosperous and stable subcontinent. Now, there's lots more, as I said, on www.thehindu.com. There's Neera's explainers that really tell you how Sri Lanka got where they were. I would also recommend the World Bank website. They have a special part of their website on South Asia. They talk about not just things like climate change, about the economy of South Asian countries, as well as the kind of impact of COVID on, for example, remittances, how it is going to impact economy and businesses across South Asia, with particular focus on Sri Lanka in many places. So I definitely recommend that. There's also many books that I, I, I do hear of. One is a more academic book. I haven't read this yet, but I believe it's based entirely on UN data and is up to date in terms of it's up to 2019 at least. It's called The Economy of Sri Lanka by Ivan Kushner. It's part of a series. There's also some others. In fact, I asked Meera 
as well for her recommendations. And I would start definitely with Upon a Sleepless Isle by Andrew Fidel Fernando. This really does look at some of the social economic complications of Sri Lanka. Another author that I've read everything that he has written both uh, journalistically as well as these books. One is called This Divided Island. It looks a little more at the kind of uh, strife between the two parts of Sri Lanka in a sense. But also there is a book called Following Fish by him, which focuses on India's coastline, but tells you a lot about the fishing economy that's so important in this region. The Seasons of Trouble by Rohini Mohan, as well as Sri Lanka, the new country by Padma Rao Sundarji, which I would recommend. We do hope you find all of these useful and join us again here on Worldview from the team here. Thanks for watching. So that again might help Sri Lanka sustain itself just for about a month or a little over that. But after that, going forward, they don't have a plan. And I believe there is a, a desire from the Sri Lankan government and the leadership to seek further assistance from India. But uh, India has said they will stand by Sri Lanka in this calamity. But we don't know how this might translate to actual assistance. And if you're President Godabaya Rajpaksa right now, he is looking at a, he doesn't have a cabinet at present. There's a surging anger from ordinary Sri Lankans. He, he doesn't have a finance minister because the finance minister quit shortly after. Uh, and he does have this economic panel that he has put together. What is the greatest economic risk for Sri Lanka at present? What is it that they are most concerned about next? I think what they ought to be most concerned about is how this current political stalemate has further, you know, worsened the economic crisis. Because the longer they take to sort out the political impasse, it's going to, you know, take them longer to get to the actual economic crisis with concrete uh, solutions. And as we speak, I mean, as you rightly said, there is this mounting anger from citizens across the country and significantly from the South, where the Rajapaksa administration draws its core support from, right? And their demand is very unambiguous, very clear, very loud. They want the president to step out. They want the family to quit office. So far, we have not had any indication from the president that he is listening to them or that he will respond by stepping down. In fact, the contrary, his ministers have told parliament that he will not step down. And he has on the other hand, invited the opposition to form a caretaker government, but all opposition actors are reluctant to do that under his presidency. They see his presidency has, as having lost legitimacy in the public eye. So there's this sort of stalemate. Nina Srinivasan there. Now, amidst this twin crisis for the Rajapaksas, India that is affected both by the instability in the neighborhood and by the future of projects that it has only just signed with Sri Lanka as well as some older projects that it, it revived. India has taken a number of measures and it could be asked to take more. So I'm just going to take you through some of the things that India has already done and what it could be asked to do. The first is India has extended support of a combined amount of about 2.5 billion US dollars in the past three months. This includes credit facilities for fuel and food. So in those three weeks, in the last three weeks, since the crisis really hit a, a new high, the government delivered more than 270,000 metric tons of diesel 
and petrol and about 40,000 tons of rice. These were given under the credit facility of about $1 billion that had been extended to Sri Lanka. The Modi government had in indicated earlier that it would also put off debt repayments through the Asian Clearing Union until May this year. This, they, the government in New Delhi may be asked to extend this. Remember, in a previous edition of Worldview, we had spoken about India's, uh, the request from Sri Lanka for India and how they had caused a kind of strain in the relationship between the two. In addition to this, the Tamil Nadu state government has also spoken to the central government, to external affairs minister S.J. Shankar, offering to ship essential commodities like rice, uh, life-saving drugs immediately, whenever they are required. And in the long term, we could see Indian tourists being incentivized because this is a request from the Sri Lankan government that more Indian tourists travel to Sri Lanka to help revive their industry that they are so dependent on. Uh, measures like extending LTAs, both corporate as well as government, for the neighboring country, as well as helping boost Sri Lankan exports with collaborations here in India. Clearly, India's neighborhood remains a troubled one, as events in Sri Lanka and also in Pakistan have shown these troubles can flare into more instability for the entire region just overnight. It is important that the government's neighborhood-first policy that it speaks about be continuously bolstered, but it also must ensure that being stakeholders in each other's success becomes the mantra for a more prosperous and stable subcontinent. Now, there's lots more, as I said, on www.thehindu.com. There's Mira's explainers that really tell you how Sri Lanka got where they were. I would also recommend the World Bank website. They have a special part of their website on South Asia. They talk about not just things like climate change, about the economy of South Asian countries, as well as the kind of impact of COVID on, for example, remittances, how it is going to impact economy and businesses across South Asia, with particular focus on Sri Lanka in many places. So I definitely recommend that. There's also many books that I, I, I do hear of. One is a more academic book. I haven't read this yet, but I believe it's based entirely on UN data. And it's up to date in terms of it's up to 2019 at least. It's called The Economy of Sri Lanka by Ivan Kushner. It's part of a series. There's also some others. In fact, I asked Mira as well for her recommendations. And I would start definitely with Upon a Sleepless Isle by Andrew Fidel Fernando. This really does look at some of the social economic complications of Sri Lanka. Another author that I've read everything that he has written both uh, journalistically as well as these books. One is called This Divided Island. It looks a little more at the kind of uh, strife between the two parts of Sri Lanka in a sense. But also there is a book called Following Fish by him, which focuses on India's coastline, but tells you a lot about the fishing economy that's so important in this region. The Seasons of Trouble by Rohini Mohan, as well as Sri Lanka, the new country by Padma Rao Sundarji, which I would recommend. We do hope you find all of these useful and join us again here on Worldview from the team here. Thanks for watching.